Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. Hi, everybody. Yes, I have a brand new podcast during this awful time in our lives. Uh, and I'm so excited because, you know, I always have guests in my studio. And uh, I have never, ever in five years done a remote podcast. And I can't, we're doing it. And she's amazing. Because I would never be able to get this person otherwise. <laughs> it's true. I, I mean, like, when would we podcast together? Her name is Rachel Bell. And she's a Jew. So I'm going to be, this is going to be, I think this is going to be one of our higher bell, um, bell ringing episodes. Uh, if you don't know Rachel, you're an asshole. She, um, well, she, I think the people in the Pacific Northwest really know Rachel because she's a very talented, well-known radio personality. 
uh, on the Ron and Don show. I mean, you're on a shitload of shows, right? How many shows can you name? I'm on all of them. Okay. She's on all yes. the fucking shows. Okay. That's yes. what I need. I need to move to a small town and be the big kahuna. You know what yeah, I'm saying? You need, to move, you need to move to the small town, the small village of Seattle. Seattle. It's <laughs> tiny. Seattle's tiny. Yeah. Have you ever been there? No. it's. It, I, I, we have to talk about that, too. But um, she's the host. First of all, she's award-winning. But she... Won an Ed, you know, she won an Edward R. Murrow Award for feature reporting. Big deal, blah blah blah. Jewish, okay, but I mean, which is amazing, which is amazing in itself. But then she decides, I'm going to start this podcast because she loves food called Your Last Meal, and it was about, um, it's it's what people would have for their last meal if they were dying in jail, and it based it like all organically, like reading about you were reading about people's last meals and realized it told a story. Their last meal told the story of who they were. And you yeah. were nominated for a James Beard Award for your fucking... I've, you know what I've been nominated for? Nothing! Bupkis! Bupkis, you motherfucker. That's so, what my mother would um, say. Bupkis! So anyway, here she is, Rachel Bell, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Woo! Oh my God, I've never had a bell with a bell. It's Bell Square. I know, I it's it. like Bell's Palsy. Yes. <laughs> <I wish. laughs> have you ever had Bell's wish, Palsy? Unfortunately, no, but I strive to someday. But I have been to Taco Bell many, 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 many times. I know, times. I read that. I read that. That's you did? Yes. Elisa thinks a lot of Jews get Bell's Palsy, only because her sister had it. But I think, you know why? You know why I think a lot of Jews get Bell's Palsy? Because apparently you get it from a, a like a breeze or a draft. A lot of or people. Or from the filter fish. Right. Is that true? Yeah, it is true. Yeah, it's like a filter disease. Are you lying? Of course not. I'm a medical doctor. Oh, no God. Way, man. You're going to love no. Lisa because she thinks she's a doctor as well. Um, <laughs> Whenever I hear your name, I want to tell you what I think of. So years ago, my friends and I were camping and there were three of us in a tent. Two of us were Jewish and one of them wasn't. And we started singing this song about the one who wasn't. And the song goes... Jealous Judy wasn't Jewy, but she wants to be. <laughs> and so when I hear Judy, I think of jealous Judy. Okay. But of course you're Jewy, so you have nothing to That's hilarious. For. But the the most non-Jewish thing about that is that you went camping. What the fuck I is know. that? I know. I think I'm a bad Jew in that way. I've been here. I listen to the Unorthodox podcast. I love I the Unorthodox podcast. It's my favorite. And I, I know. learn all these things like, oh, why do I do that? I right. shouldn't be doing that. I'm a Jew. Or also all these things that I thought my family did that was weird. It's a Jew thing. It wasn't just my family. Right. Right. Like I don't use a top sheet on my bed. And I you don't. I do. I do. I have gone on and off throughout the years. I just thought it was me. Turns out because I'm a Jew, I don't want to use a top sheet. Now, what, what is that? Because my mother, oh, guys, I'm, I'm recording a podcast and I have. Yeah, I, just have a I love how formal your operation is. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, my God, I can't have any background noise. I'm in my closet right oh, now please. because my next door neighbors are doing construction. But you know what? I think I could leave the closet. It seems. Yeah, casual. you can. Who cares? I mean, it's like just okay. Judy Gold's podcast. Uh, wait, let me take mm-hmm. a picture. Ha- wait, dark. Get in the picture. So I can take a picture for the, um, oh, there she is. Hi. You have a really good nose and I'm obsessed with noses. Oh, oh Dr. Guy. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, you tell her. Okay. So we, I have this joke in my act about how, um, we did, we got our DNA done and I am 99.8% uh, Ashkenazi Jew 
And Elisa uh-huh. is 99.9% Ashkenazi Jew. They took a 1% off for a rhinoplasty. Point one. <laughs> point one. Whatever. Point one. Yes, I'm a child of is the 70s. Is that true? Yeah, she had is rhinoplasty. Is this a fake nose? Oh, yes. my God. Did you get this for your bat mitzvah? Um, no, I was 17. And Wait, yeah, I, I was in Westchester. I grew up in Westchester County, New York. And that's what the girls were doing. I don't know. It was uh, horrible. I don't now, know why I did This it. is what happened. He died she, of AIDS, Dr. Yeah, Guy. Dr. He Guy. Did, he did, he everyone. did all the Jew, Jewish girls from Long Island and Westchester. Okay. And then he died of AIDS. Okay. And it's sad. But Elisa was depressed at 19. Her mother said, so oh, 17. 17. Yeah, cause probably because I was a lesbian and I was depressed. So my mother said, why don't you get your nose done? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, great. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. And, uh, and so it now did. She, no, it didn't. And then she waited 44 years. Uh, wait, 17 minus what's 44 minus 17? That's 34 minus. Uh, Seven. It's twenty seven. She may waited twenty seven more years to come out after the seventeen. Well, not exactly, but okay. All right. That's okay. a longer story. So Listen, do you I gotta find... talk to Rachel? What? But one question though, do you find that people don't think you're Jewish because of your nose? Yes. They think I'm Irish. Because I didn't think that you were Jewish yes. because of your nose. I know. And does that does that bother you? Do you feel like that you got something like a part of your heritage removed? Yes, I do. Now, as an adult, but I didn't and you I, look at her nose. I, I actually regretted it the day, the more the morning after it happened. I was like, "Why? Why did I do that? Why did I do that?" And then I went to Israel for six weeks, and I don't know. Did your mom save okay. the tip of your nose for you and your baby? Book? It wasn't even a bad nose. Before. No, her nose was good. Like I look at pictures, and her nose. It just had a bump on the top because I went to B'nai B'rith conventions, and we and I got it smashed on some. You know, we were like fooling around in B'nai B'rith, and you know, I smashed it a few times, but. It was fine. It wasn't that bad. So, yes, people think I'm not Jewish. Pamela Adlon doesn't think, didn't think I was yeah, Jewish. Yeah, Pamela Adlon will not. Fuck Pamela eat- Adlon. <laughs> <laughs> Pamela Adlon will not even entertain the fact that she's not Jewish. I yeah. Mean, that she, yeah, that she's Jewish. I do regret that I had it done. But what, what, can, I, what can I tell you? That was, that's. I wonder if anyone has ever gotten a nose job to look more Jewy. Like, what if you just added on a. Little oh, bump and a, a hump. Yeah, you could do a reverse nose job. Yeah, like that's a someone, like a know. like an Irish person who's in medical school and wants to get a, a bigger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could get a nose <laughs> nose transplant for some <laughs> Jew with a big nose who died in an accident or something. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. I like that, Rachel. Rachel, my new business. Rachel. Rachel. Uh huh. Um, That's what my mom. My mom said when she. My dad's Israeli and my yes. mom's from Brooklyn. And so my parents were in Israel before my mom was pregnant. And she heard my name in Hebrew, Rachel, and she said, "What a gorgeous name! What is that in English?" And I always just think, like, how do you hear that? And you're like, and how beautiful. What? Wait, how do you hear that and not know that it's Rachel in English? <laughs> my mom. What? What? My Hebrew name is Chavadisha. Chavadisha. Elisa Dawn. Dawn is my middle name. Where did my parents Yeah, what is that? Such a guy. Dawn is not Jewish. Dawn. My Hebrew name is uh, Yoali Chana. And apparently, and I'm named after my grandfather, Jesse, for that's why Judith. So I go, I guess it was my older son's bris. And they're like, no, Yawali's not a Jewish name. And I'm like, "Uh, it's not Hebrew. It's, It's Yiddish. And I'm like, well, that's my fucking name. And that's yeah. what my grandfather's name was. And fuck you. So like, <laughs> anyway, so I'm you. All right. This is getting way too Jew. All right. So Rachel, Rachel Bell, yeah. 
Um, so your mother's New Yorker, your father's yes. Israeli. Please don't tell me he's a Trump lover. Oh, no, 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 oh, no. Oh, good. No. But um, they do have those people in their circle and they don't know how to deal with them. Yeah, I we can talk about that later on in the podcast because um, it's a it's a problem with the Jews. It's a problem because it's so divided. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I grew up reformed Jewish. And right. so my idea of Judaism was super liberal. You could be a woman rabbi. You right. could be a gay rabbi. And it wasn't until I moved to Seattle and we have a conservative talk host that is Jewish. And I was like, what? I was so confusing to me. I was 25 right. before I knew that Jews could be Republican. Right. It's so weird. Um, <laughs> so your mother's a New Yorker. Your father's yes. Israeli. And you grew up in the Bay Area. How did they end up in the Bay Area? They met in L.A. Uh, my my mom had a friend who had an Israeli boyfriend and they were trying to do all this matchmaking, like match up all these Israeli guys with all these Jewish girls. Uh, and it worked. And then my dad got a job in the Bay Area and they moved up north. In so their why was your wagon. mother in L.A.? Did she grow up in New York, your mother? Yeah. When she was in, in her 20s, she moved to L.A. In Brooklyn and the Bronx is where she was born. Uh, yeah. And she was kind of like a free spirit and a wanderer. And right. she moved like to a L.A. Hippie? Yeah, she was, she was a hippie, but she was like a fake hippie because she looked like a hippie, but I don't think she cared about the causes, but she was like, right. I she just love wanted to fringe. wear the bell bottoms and then, oh, <laughs> exactly. that's so adorable. Yeah, she's very cute. Actually, I she gave, sent me a picture this week because when she was living in L.A., which she followed a boyfriend there, she would tell me all these stories, which I just thought was so cool that she lived on a Mulholland Drive and right. she slept on a mattress on the floor and she lived with boys and girls. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't. Do you think she did anything like diddled? She told me she told me that she accidentally did acid once because someone put it in her drink. But I Uh I don't know if it was an accident. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. So she had that kind of boho lifestyle. And then she somehow married my dad, who is an engineer and was going to UCLA and like a straight arrow. And so they have exact opposite personalities. So so your mother's whole side of the family are Brooklyn Jewy. Your your great uncle Murray invented the tube top. Do you think? Yes. Do you think? I you know it's so interesting because I was thinking of tube tops the other day, and then when, <laughs> and then I was like, oh my god, her great uncle Murray invented the tube top, and I was like, I fucking hate it. First of all, I hated tube tops because I was so We're big, sorry. and I could you know it was like I'm gi- I was gigantic, so not fat, fat, but you know tall. It doesn't look good on a tall person. He must have been a perv, Uncle Murray. Do you know? Is he alive? <laughs> he has passed away. Bye, Uncle yeah, Murray. The, bye, Uncle Murray. Well, it's funny. His real name's Abraham. And I would ask my grandma because my grandma's real name was Sarah. And she went by Sue. And I was like, why do you all have different names? Oh, Ugh, we didn't like our names. Our mother said, what do I care? Change your name. Make it whatever you want. That's so, so opposite of my Murray. family. They really wanted to assimilate your family. Apparently so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know the deal with this tube top, except for that when I was a kid, we had like a million of them that we would play with because they were, it wasn't like the tube top now. It was like that ruched, stretchy material. Yeah. Like the whole thing was ruched. Right. And so as a kid, we would wear them like as a skirt and a top and yes. a middle. And yes, a, I like remember we, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we would wear like seven of them to make one outfit. Um, And my mom always told me he invented it. And I was like, no, he didn't. Like, what uncle like Schleppy Uncle Murray invented the tube top? Like, what are you talking about? And then I looked it up, and his name is on Wikipedia. So I guess no fu- fucking. Oh, sorry, I burped. No wait. So did he get? <laughs> did he, did he make a fortune? 
No, that's why I didn't believe it, because they just lived like a normal life. I think they they moved to Orange, New Jersey. Oh, and, yes. I uh, grew yeah. up around there. <laughs> oh, you did? Yes. I just know he started in the garment in the garment business in Manhattan, I think in the Lower East Side. Right. Because that's where my grandma, they grew up in the Lower East Side, like in the tenements. So. Oh, my God. You're so Jewy. All right. And then. I know. And then your grandfather's cousin invented. I mean, this is where you probably get your food thing from. Invented. This is my favorite thing. Huh? This is my favorite thing ever. Yes. This is my family's claim to fame. They, your great, your grandfather's cousin invented the. Are you ready, folks? Bagel dog, which the are fucking, dog. fucking, fucking amazing. So tell everyone what a bagel dog is. Okay, so their brand that they invented, which it's dead now, it's all done, was Dr. Stein's. Which oh yes, do you remember that? Because they were frozen. Yeah, they were frozen. Yes. And my grandma would work at Costco and wear the little hairnet right. and be giving out samples of them. Right. So uh, Mel was his name. He invented the bagel dog. My grandpa would work for him. So my grandpa's trunk was wall to wall fucking bagel dogs. And everyone in town, I grew up in the suburbs in the Bay Area where right. my grandparents moved when I was a baby to be out there. So his name was Poppy Shelley. And he had this big belly and he had gold chains and he would sit out by the pool at the apartment complex with that silver thing to try to. Oh, yeah. To get to burn your skin and get melanoma. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like a reflector. Uh huh. And he was like really dark and he would sit out there. And so everyone would be like, oh, your grandpa's the bagel dog guy. So one time my grandpa came over and he gave me a clock radio in the shape of a Coke can. And I said, thank you. And he goes, you better not break that kid. I traded that for 17 dogs. Um, they called them. <laughs> they called them Franks and dogs, is what my grandma called them. And they were. It was. It was a hot dog that was instead of in a blanket. It was in a oh, bagel. Yeah. Bagel, it was in dough. bagel yeah. dough. Sorry, I forgot to say what yes. it was. And yeah. So, but there was something about the texture of yes. the dough that was so oh, good. Oh. Like when you cut it in half, it was really soft oh, and inside, inside. I know. And, and then it was like crusty on the outside. And then sometimes if you were lucky, you could get the hot dog that was injected with liquid cheese. That one was good okay, too. See, I grew up kosher. So, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. So that wasn't happening. So let's put an end to this right now because I don't know where my kids got this from, but when you eat a hot dog, it's mustard. It's not fucking ketchup. Can we just put, you put ketchup on your hot dog? I do. I do. What the fuck? It's mustard. It's not ketchup. That's such a New York thing. And I feel like, you know, people in Chicago have the same thing. Like you're supposed to eat it this way. I grew up in the Bay Area. We put ketchup on our hot dogs. That is gross. No, it's always mustard. That's disgusting. You put ketchup on a hamburger and mustard. So what do you put mustard on if you don't put it on a hot dog? I put it on a hot dog too. I put it both. But I have to tell you, so my boyfriend is one of those people who eats everything plain. Right. And I always thought like, what a fucking baby. Like everyone who says they want something plain, I'm like embarrassed. And I think they're a two-year-old. Right. But then I tried a plain hot dog. We went camping. I know, not Jewy. And like, you know, when it's on the grill and it's really good. And for the first time I tasted the meat. And before I always drowned it out with like ketchup and right, mustard right, and onions right. and sauerkraut and you can't taste anything. So now I have this thing about also with like cheeseburgers, nothing on them, because if the meat is good and it's melty, you can actually taste the meat and it tastes really good without anything on it. Wow. I just come. Like, this is new to me. Okay. I, first of all, there's nothing like a hot dog with loaded with mustard and sauerkraut. Like there's nothing. 
Okay. Yeah, that is good. I okay. love the sauerkraut. And then on the burger. Now, I grew up, I never had a cheeseburger. But then, you know, now that my parents are dead, um, I have decided to eat whatever the fuck I want. A cheeseburger with uh, caramelized onions. Yes. I, I mean, there's not, and pickles. Like, they're yeah. not, I fucking, fuck, I'm so hungry right now. Um <laughs> Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code JUDYGOLD, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code JUDYGOLD at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code JUDYGOLD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. Did your whole family move to the Bay Area? Like, do you have any siblings? I have a sister, yeah. But we were all, I was born in the Bay Area. So my parents moved there before I was born. Okay. And um, and what is, is your sister older or younger? I couldn't find any information. She is younger and leading a secret life. Really? No, no, no. <laughs> She's a few years younger than me. Okay. And now my whole family lives in San Diego. Oh, very nice. Um, okay. So when you were little, I read, you used to go in the living room and do like radio shows and Yes. Yeah, and so you were always sort of a show pony or just very I'm sure you were the same way. Like I think people like us just were annoying out of the womb. Like right. I watch my mom has these videos of me when I was a kid. And when I've watched them alone, I'm embarrassed to watch them because I'm like, oh my God, be quiet. Like, no, it's just I remember I taped this news program. I must have been nine and my sister was in it. And I was wearing a full suit and tie because you know if you're gonna anchor the news, you had right. to be a man. You had to be a man. Um, yeah. 
Yes, I was wearing my dad's suit, and my sister's the weather girl, and this is classic, classic <laughs> me. My sister, I do my part, and I'm fine. My sister starts to do the weather, and she's really good, but I interrupt her to say, you're ruining it. You're not doing it right. And this is quintessential me. But when I watched it, I was like, she was so much better than me. I can't believe I was trying to tell her that she was right. the worst. Oh, so that's so funny. I feel bad in retrospect. And the cat did a great job in it, too. I mean, wow. everyone that's was good. Amazing. So you had an entire yeah. nightly news show in your yes. living room. Mm-hmm. And so your father was an engineer and your mother was. She didn't work until I was in middle school. And then she went back and got a, a certificate so she could teach preschool. And oh. she taught at the synagogue. And she loved it. Yeah. This was at a time. I mean, this was in the 90s, but still like she would hug and kiss them. Like now you can't do that. You can't do anything. Go crazy. But like she was kind of like their grandma and they loved her. And it wasn't weird. Yeah. Isn't that awful? Like it's like it's like they don't know where the line is. You know what I mean? It's like it's like. Yeah, it's it's like with comedy. I feel like it's the same thing. It's like, well, where's the line? Well, we're going to make everything bad. We're going to make everything bad. And, and, and it's ridiculous. Anyway, all right. So Yeah, it would be hard to be a comedian right now cuz I have to say that I I don't like a lot of the comedy out there right now because it's too woke and it's not like oh, I am Absolutely. You know, like it's cut not the funny. shit. You know yeah. what? That's not how we like stop acting like like people are offended by proxy now. It's like I know it's it's so ridiculous. It's I wrote, you know, I have a book coming out in July, which we'll discuss on your podcast. Yeah, um, we're doing a little swap uh, called. Yes, I can say that when they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. And it's it's all about that. It's like I feel like people who are our, well, you're younger than me, but I feel like people who are our generation who know what a good joke is, you know, are not, you know, being woke, it's it's such an oxymoron. It's like, if you were woke, then you would go even further and say, oh, well, there's truth in that. And the point that person is trying to make, and there's nuance in that joke, and there's intent in that joke, but instead they just get triggered by a, like a word, I'm not listening anymore because I heard a word that I It's like, fuck you, you're ruining comedy. Anyway. Or the whole routine ends up being about all of this woke right, stuff. Right. And I'm like, I don't want to hear about it. Like, to me, comedy is an escape, and you're supposed to laugh. You know, be it, you're laughing and like time moves differently because you're in the moment completely and you're laughing. And so I don't really want to talk about like the problem with race in comedy. Like you can do that somewhere else. Like, I don't know. No, I think you can do it and make it funny. Like, you know, I used to do bits when, when gay people couldn't get married. And I used to talk about all the people who could get married. Like, you know, uh, Jerry Sandusky, you know, who was the, (laughs) you know, and Mary Kay Letourneau. And it's like, you know, God bless her. God bless herself. The ridiculousness of the fact that, you know, I, you know, but that's, that's when comedy is, is a social commentary and, and you're like, oh yeah, that is true. Oh yeah. You know, but it, when it gets too like, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. Anyway, I just spit, but so you're in like, well, I want to go back to your childhood. You're in, you're in the Bay area, which, you know, is that what part of the Bay area? I was in Pleasanton in the East Bay. So like a very boring place unless you're a child. Right. So, you know, like 20, 25 minutes uh, east of Berkeley and like 45 oh, minutes so from San Francisco. Cool. And was it like a normal, everything was just normal? Were you popular? 
I wasn't popular, but in middle school, I was a huge nerd. And not like now, because everyone's like, I'm a nerd. Right. And, you know, it's like, okay, like, okay, you like have you bangs and glasses. you don't even know what glasses. it's like to be a nerd. Shut the fuck yes, up. Yes, yeah. exactly. But I had so many nerd friends that we didn't know that we were nerds. So right. we would get picked on and I would get so confused and upset. Like, why are they saying this about us? We have cat earrings. Like, we're amazing. <laughs> um, and my mom was so sweet that she was always telling me, like, my mom was very good at boosting my self-esteem. So right. I was confused. Like, I had a full-blown fucking unibrow right. and braces. And my mom was like, you're gorgeous. and never forget it. So I was like, <laughs> I, I am gorgeous. Uh, uh, so, yeah, it was kind of a funny thing. But I remember, yeah, having this friend. And we tried, like, how many days in a row can we go wearing a different pair of cat earrings? I mean, right. this was, like, my entertaining, my entertainment. You but were, then in high school, yeah. I took, I went this weird route from being a nerd into being a really bad kid and a huge partier and a metalhead. And I wore Pantera t-shirts and my parents hated it <laughs> and smoked a lot of weed and right. did acid and mushrooms and all that kind of stuff. Did you have a bat mitzvah? I did. You I did, did have a bat mitzvah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. What was your, someone said to ask me the other day what the theme of my bat uh-huh. mitzvah was. And as I have told this story numerous times. My mother was loved being Jewish and um, the bat mitzvah and bar mitzvahs were not about the party. Right. So uh, they were about becoming a bar. Ba- and so I, as fucking, I was so unpopular. And then now my mother's like, no, it's not about the party. I'm like, yes, it is. Yes, but, it is. I want my Torah school yeah. girl cake. Yeah. So we just had a dinner before and then they had dessert after like nothing for uh, oh, my mother, so for my brother. And my, they had brunch at the house afterwards. My sister had just dessert. I mean, like literally my mother. No chicken dance. Nothing. No, no, limbo. no music. We were in the synagogue. Like I, there's no photos because you could take photos. It was like, ugh. anyway. <laughs> so what was your theme? OK, my theme was. Cats, not the musical, no way. the animal. <laughs> I told you I was so dorky. And the centerpiece on every table was a stuffed animal cat with balloons on it. My colors were blue and purple. And so as the date is approaching and we're getting everything together, my mom sits me down at the dining room table. We're supposed to pick the music. Right. And I wanted to have a DJ. And my mom was like, no, no, no. There's this band that I really want. Everybody wants this band. And she puts the cassette tape in and pushes play. And I wish I knew what they were called, but it was this klezmer band that did covers of oldies. And so it was, this was what I remember that day. Let's twist again. Oh yeah. Like we did last summer. Oh, let's twist again. Like we did last year. And I was like, no, no, I can't have this. So I was lucky and I got a DJ, but there was this kid in my Hebrew school class and he got stuck with that fucking band. Oh, that <laughs> let's geese again. Like we did last summer. Ah! <laughs> um, Oh my God, that's la, hilarious. La, 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 la Bamba. I mean, it was like, how could you do La Bamba with like a Russian accent or like a Polish accent? Oh my God, they that's did it. fucking hilarious. Okay, so now my, uh, my so what you became like a- A woman. So No, like in, in, in high school, you became like a druggy, but did you still get good grades? I had okay grades. I oh. had, I graduated with a 2.8. No, that's not good yeah. for the Jews. I know, but now you couldn't even get into college with that. So I know. That Can, at the time, I was like, "Here I go, it's fine." So yeah, when you and you were like fine in high school, it wasn't like yeah, it was kind of one of those where it's like she's smart, but she doesn't apply herself. Right, like right, I was right. just 
really obsessed with my friends and I just wanted to hang out but all that's the normal. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you in the play uh, or the band or anything? Well, my freshman year, I did one play, Once Upon a Once Upon a Mattress. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. And I did swimming. And then I started doing drugs and I quit everything. And okay. so I had and no school And were your parents spirit. like, oh, my God, Rachel is doing the drugs. I don't know yes. what to do. They were? Yes. Oh, yeah. My mom, her favorite thing was, you are stoned out of your face. Um, they knew. <laughs> they knew. And I was smoking cigarettes and I got a tattoo with a fake ID and they were not happy. You got a tattoo? That is yeah, like a- fucking anti-Jewish Jew. What did you <laughs> get? Oh, it's so dumb. I'm lucky with what I have because at the time I was still really into heavy metal. And my best friend who I went with, she got the biohazard symbol. Oh, God. Which, like, ugh. But I got just a moon and a star. But I have a tramp stamp. I don't want a tramp stamp. Where it's, is I've it? Had this, it's on my lower back. So Is I'm that stuck the only this. one you have? Yes, because I'm so traumatized that I'm going to make another bad decision that right, I won't right. get one. But I will say my mom now has two tattoos. And what? One is a ma- she has a mahjong tattoo. That's great. <laughs> I know. She has the Joker tile from mahjong tattoo on her ankle. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> I know. And her nose pierced. So, you know, Bart, she's doing it. Yeah. Well, actually, then she had a nose job and she had to take it out. Oh, I mean, my that's God. very Jewy. Can you talk like your father? I, you know, I can't because I can't hear his accent. It's so weird. Because you, uh, does he do this a lot? They always he, say uh, a lot. I know. He's been here so long and he, I think, wanted to assimilate that I don't think he has a very strong accent. Right. But people tell me he has one, but it's like he doesn't have that classic Israeli right, right, right. accent. Yeah. Um, and he was born in Romania and his parents were Romanian and they spoke to each other in Hungarian exclusively. So oh, I think he I'm has Hungarian. like a mix. You are? Yes, I love Hungarian food. Love Hungarian food. Love. That's funny. I don't know Hungarian food, which is so strange because my dad is a cook, but he never really made anything. So that's What is Hungarian food? It's chicken paprikash. Okay. A lot yeah. of paprika. You know, it's so interesting because I'm we're from Budapest. And yet... My parents, my grandmother and my mother spoke German to each other, some sort of German-Yiddish combination when they didn't want yeah, anyone to know. It's the same thing. Yeah. And then, but yeah, we did a lot potato soup, but the chicken paprikash stuffed cabbage. That, oh, yeah. Okay. That would All be my last like, meal. Eastern European. Well, my, yeah, very Eastern European. And heavy and heavy and heavy. And bread yes. and bread and dip the bread. So you go to college. Yes. I went to school in Chico, which is a few hours north of the Bay Area. Yes. And that's like when I came back and found myself. I think that my brush with the bad kids was definitely a phase because all of them really were like all of my friends. None of them went to college. A lot of them went to jail. But I came from this, you know, good family. No, (laughs) like for drugs and stuff like that. But as soon as I went to college, I kind of flipped back into my core self and right. who I was supposed to be. Cause I always knew I had to go to college. I was supposed to go. Um, and then I looked back and realized that my friends in high school were complete assholes. Right. Uh, and yeah, I feel like I found my real people in college, so, like that d- you could just be silly and everybody and everything right. was funny. And yeah. Um, did, are you friends with any of your people in high school? Uh, two. 
two people. But yeah, I don't have any interest in yeah, going to I the don't, reunions. I have no or... high school friends. Um, yeah. I mean, I have some who were a year older than me, but I was just, fu- I hated fucking, I hated it. Okay. So um, you go to college. What do you study? I studied, I'm one of those rare people that does the thing that I studied. I studied media. So my senior year in high school, I took this class uh, that really, actually, I wonder if I would have gone into what I did if I didn't have this class. Um, I got, they did, it was called ROP, Regional Occupational Programming, and like some kids would do landscaping or childcare. Right. And so I did this class where we would make a half an hour TV show for the cable access channel. Oh, that's awesome. And it would air after Saturday Night Live. It was on at like one one in the morning, one yeah. one thirty in the morning. Um, but it was so fun because we got to leave after lunch and the rest of the day we would just have the video cameras. We right. were all high and we were just making music <laughs> videos and stuff and doing all the editing. And so because of that class, I was like, oh, I want to be a movie director. Right. So I went to college. I didn't know what a movie director even did. It just right. seemed fun. Right. And then so I did all media classes and I ended up taking one broadcast news class just on a whim and in the class, we did a project where we were going to make a show and everybody auditioned for whatever part they wanted. And I won the part to be the on-air anchor person. And so I think that was kind of like the first thing. And then I was given an internship that I don't remember picking at a news station, uh, a radio news station. And I've never been into the news. That was just never my thing. But I loved the people in the newsroom. I was like, oh, these people are just like me. Everyone is snarky, has like a a dark sense of humor. And it just felt like I could be myself because as a kid, I feel like, I don't know, I, I bet a lot of people feel this way, that you have to have a work self and then a home self that, you know, you go to work and you speak this certain way and you're nice and polite. And in a newsroom, you just are completely yourself balls out. Right, right. And so I just felt but very wait, comfortable did, there. Did you watch Mary Tyler Moore? No. Oh, my God. You I've never, never wa- seen it. Oh, my God. Promise me. Promise me. Okay. Because are you quarantined? Yeah. Well, no, I go to work still. That's a lie. I'm I'm a little quarantined. Do you have a lot of free time? On the weekend. Okay. You have to watch Mary Tyler Moore. Promise me to watch Mary Tyler. Promise me. I will. I will. It's a classic. I need to watch it. It's all about. It's like the greatest TV show ever. Is she a news lady? Oh, my God. They work in a newsroom. How did I not know this? How do you like not I watch Mary? Oh my God. this in college. Mary Tyler Moore theme is my ringer on my phone. How does it go? Who can turn the world on with her smile? Who can take a nothing day and suddenly make it all seem worthwhile? Well, it's you, girl, and you should know it. With each glance and every little movement, you show it. <laughs> Love is all around. No need to waste it. You can have the town. Why don't you take it? You're gonna make it after all. And it's about a single woman in the 70s. Rhoda Morgan Stern is her Jewish neighbor. Oh my God, she lives in Minneapolis. You have to fucking watch. I can't even, I can't do your podcast unless you start watching it. (laughs) Okay, I promise. I want you. I want you. I want to please you. I want to be like you. I want to make you happy. No, you don't want to be like me at all. Ugh, it's too much fucking work. Okay, so... um. All right, so you you graduate college, yes, um, and you're a different person than you were in high school. Like you're like, oh, you got your shit together, and yeah. how do you get your first job? 
I already had it because I had that internship and I convinced them to hire me. What? So I was in this really small market in Chico, California. It was probably like market 289. Right. And I was working at this news station. Well, there was like five stations in the building and I was doing something on all of them. So I was a quote, news reporter at KPAY, but I never left the building. One time we covered this story and it was that there was a brown dog that had rabies. And if you saw him, don't get near. He has rabies. I mean, we were doing like breaking news. Right, right. Hard, hard hitting news. (laughs) And then they started me there also as a country music DJ. And I didn't know anything. Oh, my God. Sometimes I would say like she when it was a he like if it was Taylor Swift, which was this was way before that, I would have said he I had no idea. So they took me off. And then I was a 80s, 90s and today DJ on 95.1 The Mix, which is still on. It was like wall to wall Celine Dion and Spandau Ballet. Right. Um, And yeah, I did all that. So I worked there for a few years and then I moved to Sacramento for another news radio job. Uh, Okay. So I have performed in Sacramento. Uh Uh-huh. Depressing. You think so? I I was... Yeah, I find it depressing there. It's not, it's because when you think of California, right, you think of like San Francisco or Napa or LA or San Diego or Palm Springs. And then Sacramento is so not California. Yeah, there's nobody in a bikini rollerblading in Sacramento. It's just, it's like, it's like the normal part of California. I don't know. But There's that's where the government, that's, like the, that. that's the uh, capital. It sure is. Yeah. Look at you and your geography. That's Look at, wow. Right. <laughs> Alabama, Alaska, Alaska Arizona, Arkansas. Arkansas. I thought that Sacramento was going to suck too because people called it an armpit and right. I thought I would never move there. But if you're in the downtown part, well, actually they call it Midtown, which being from New York, you would go and be like, excuse me. Right, right. Um, But it's actually quite charming if you're in that section. There's like all the houses are Victorian little doll houses and it's very cute. But then, yeah, once you get out into the suburban. Right. The suburban. Not that exciting. Yeah. Um, So you're working in Sacramento, which, you know, like I feel like when I was doing when I started doing my stand up, I would go out to other cities and places to get stage time. But then I'd always come home. But when you're in your job, when you are a broadcaster, you have to go like you're like th- this radio station could be like, oh, we want Rachel and you have to fucking get up and leave and and yeah, and become a part of the zeitgeist of that of that city. Like you're moving from one city to another and you have to become part of the personality of that. It's so it's it, it's more than just like, hi, I'm Rachel uh, it, it's like, hi, I'm Rachel. I just moved here and I have to learn everything I can about the way people think here and what interests them. Is, is that, is that. You are the first person who has ever recognized that. No one has ever said that to me before. And you are a hundred percent right. And, and it's like immediate because I have a friend who's a professor and they do interviews for jobs nine months in advance right. the, before it starts. Like if every job I've ever gotten, you get the job and you have to start in two weeks. 
So the next week you go and you try to quickly find an apartment, you fly and you try to do it. And then the next week you live there. And yeah, you're right, because everyone listening expects you to know how to pronounce the weird fucking names of the streets and the towns and the rivers right. and everything, and which was real, which was harder moving to Seattle because we have a lot of Native American names. That's like, all right, ghost, Skykomish, Snoqualmie, right. like all these names. But yeah, you're totally right. And people don't have the patience for you to make a mistake about, you know, the culture of where they live. Yeah, I always the other thing, like as a comic, the all the broadcasters, like the news people, always dressed the way the people in that city dress. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And so yeah. I would always make sure I didn't look too, I don't know, I always paid attention to that. Like, oh, this is what people wear here and this is how people talk. You know what I mean? Because, you know, when I was on the road, there was no internet, there was none of that stuff and you would have to fill up your fucking day and you wanted to do like... Like as a comic, like you go to a city and you'd want to talk about like, oh, this is what I noticed at the city to open it up and get everyone to love you and disarm the audience. But insult them with their stereotypes. Right, right. And and uh, and I just always noticed that if you want to know the style of people in a certain area, look at their look at their nightly news. That's so funny. I want to start doing that because I don't watch TV news, but right. you're right. Like in small markets, it's very funny right. to watch right. <laughs> news. It's interesting with the way that everything has evolved in media, that news has not really evolved that much. People still speak in that news voice. And right. we all know that no one talks this right, way. Right. Why are they doing right, it still? Right. Like it's strange that that hasn't changed or evolved. And right. also like the hairdos, you know, and like all the makeup and right. the certain look and like the fakeness. Yes. Because with social media and Instagram, people demand you be real and they want like no bullshit. Right. But for some reason, the people on the news, I think there's something you're trying to be taken seriously and you're trying to pretend you're not like a regular person, I guess, so that like this is fact time. Right. We're not fucking around anymore. But it's also like, I feel like that's, it's like that when you watch network television versus cable. I mean, cable TV is so much more real than network. Everything is so watered down and, you know, this is what's presentable for our, you know, or all of our network rules and stuff. But yeah, it's, it's, I just find it so interesting because when you as a broadcaster will move to a certain place, the responsibility you have as like someone, they could, they want to trust you. It's like same with comedians. When you get on stage, they want to, they want to laugh. They don't want, You know what I mean? And and so you're moving to Sacramento where you've never been. And it's like, you're going to be the voice of Sacramento. Right. Yeah. There's even like the microclimates because like being in Seattle, you know, we, the station I work for Cairo is the biggest radio station in the Northwest. And so I live in Seattle, in the city, but most of our listeners don't. They live, you know, in the suburbs or like these surrounding areas and uh, so I represent like liberal 40 year old woman city girl who, you know, is living by herself with her cat. Right. And and so that appeals to like certain kind of people. Other people are just like, I don't relate to you. Right, like, right, right, you know, right. I'm, I'm a blue collar worker and I don't get it. And so, you know, I think like in bigger cities, you kind of have. Right. It's like a, tr- a more vast audience. to. Don't, try it's to like a trust out. thing. I think it's like a trust yeah. thing. Um, yeah. So. 
so you do you still love cats? Yes, I have my little cat so, puppy. Have you been watching Tiger King? I just learned about that yesterday. I haven't watched it yet. Oh my god. 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 Oh What is it? It's I can't even describe it. It's so psycho. But you still have to watch Mary Tyler Moore before you watch that. Okay, I would rather watch MTM. Okay, good. Oh, that's okay. right. Mary that's how All right, whatever. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with Rachel Bell. Tune in next week for part two. And if you like the show, please, please, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps more people find this amazing show. Five stars only. Thank you very much. If you've purchased tickets to any of my upcoming events or performances, please refer to your point of purchase for updates on rescheduling or refunds. And as we all know, this is an uncertain time and it sucks. So... While you're social distancing, washing your hands, not having sex, having anxiety, not sleeping, take this time to listen to the entire backlog of amazing interviews we've done on Kill Me Now. I'm really proud. It's been five years and I'm really proud. I'm proud. And I've talked to some amazing people and had some great conversations. Also, you can listen to my comedy albums. I have three, Conduct Unbecoming, Kill Me Now, and my first album, Judith's roommate had a baby, or as my mother would say, Judith's roommate had a baby. You can get links to all of these at my website, judygold.com, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D.com. And make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram for everything, for laughs, for fun, for updates, at Judy Gold, J-E-W-D-Y-G-O-L-D, you know, like Jew Gold. And I hope you're all safe and well. And thank you so much for listening. I hate to repeat what you know who said, but we are all in this together. So be well. And as we always say, so long. Don't forget to tune in next week to Just Kill Me Now. Um, or, it's Just Kill Me. Oh, don't forget to turn uh, for part two on Just Kill Me no, it's not. It's just, just kill me. No. Judy Gold's just kill me. Just kill me now. Just kill me now. <laughs>